Well, hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to episode 58 of the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. I'm Jake Johansson, and you are? Oh, I hope you said your name right then. I couldn't quite hear you. A little bit louder? (laughs) So, anyway, it's episode 58. Here we are. I don't blame you if you're a little bit confused. I'm a little bit confused. My daughter's getting ready to start her school year. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be great. Remember starting your school year? My God. Those are the day. I can't. If I didn't have a kid, I wouldn't even know that the school year was starting. That's how. That's where I'm at with that. But uh, it is starting, and you're you're already behind. You're already behind the eight ball a little bit. You're missing it. If you're not going back to school, where are you going? Well, let me tell you where I'm going. <laughs> Segways. You gotta love them, ladies and gentlemen. This um, this is where I tell you where I'm coming um, uh, to uh, around the country. Where I'm coming to. Where I'm going to. If you're there that I'm coming to you, and if you're not there, that I'm going to someplace that you're not. But if you live in the Washington, D.C. area, which includes uh, Virginia and uh, Maryland, I will be uh, I will be in attendance at the Washington, D.C. Improv. It's August 28th through September 1st of 2013 at the D.C. Improv. That's going to be awesome. Then I'm heading up to uh, Seattle, the Seattle area, to Kirkland, Washington, Laughs Comedy Spot. I'll be there September 20th and 20, 20, 21, 20, 20th and 21th, uh, Seattle, Kirkland, Laughs. And then I'm going to Minneapolis in October. Also in October, I'm going to be doing the L.A. Podcast Festival. And that's, uh, I think my show is going to be on the uh, October 6th. On the October 6th, I'm going to put a link up on that to uh, to that on my site. To that on my, ah, oh, these prepositions, they're not easy, are they? November, I'm coming back to Denver to Comedy Works and Chicago to Zanies in November. Uh, and then Fort Lauderdale Improv, the end of November, beginning of December, December 5th through 8th. I'll be in Cleveland, Ohio at a Hilarities, December 5 through 8th. 5, 6, 7, 8, December. Cleveland, Hilarities, inside of Pickwick and Frolic, and I will be shooting my next uh, comedy special there. Shooting it with cameras, so that even if you miss it, you'll be able to see it at some point in the future. But if you come to the actual show, then you will be able to relive those moments that we shared forever and ever on... uh, beautiful DVD or downloaded bitlets and tiny snippets of electronic detritus that uh, that will be immortal. We're going to be immortal, ladies and gentlemen. That's our shot. This is our chance to be immortal. Don't don't miss it. It's, you're going to have to go to Cleveland to make that happen. I tried. I tried to make it Paris, but uh, you know what? Cleveland was as good as I could do this time. So this is our shot at immortality. And it's happening in Cleveland. So please, please, please do your best to be there. I will be there. And uh, what else can I tell you? Well, it's episode 58. We just had a big uh, big trip upstate New York. Me and the whole family. I say the whole family. It was my wife and daughter. It's not our extended family, not those people, not the whole extended family of people. Uh, 
who are related to us, just, just that small bit of our family. And then we saw some friends who had some children. I think if you listened to last week's podcast, we heard, you heard some parents of some children uh, who are also show business aficionados, aficionados, participants. They participate in show business in in the sense that they write things that then are acted out by people who are uh, professional actors, and then you watch them. I think I've described that in the least... Uh, least possible way for you to understand it. But uh, you know what? We're all doing our best here. I meant I was supposed to be working on my manifesto today, but um, I wasn't able to um, get down to that because I had to do this. Had to, got to, had to, got to. I don't know. I got to work on this, got to work on the podcast, got to talk to you. Here we are together once again. We flew home last night from Boston on an airplane, which is not my favorite flight that leaves, you know, right around eight o'clock and gets (coughs) got in here a little closer to midnight, really. So then that's that you do the math. That's three in the morning. I there I did the math for you. Mm. So we get home at three in the morning, uh, Boston time. So you're really kind of just fried. And if you're a child, uh, if you're a child, how, you, you shouldn't be listening to this. I don't, I don't really – it's just not for children, and I don't think you would understand it. I, there's a lot of grown-ups who – this is not their thing. But, yeah, so we flew home. On that flight, I watched a couple of movies. I watched the Danny Boyle trance movie. I like Danny Boyle from time to time, but uh, he lost me. You know, people get hypnotized, and they try and solve – uh, an art heist, and I just, I really had a hard time figuring out what was going on. And, and I have to say, they pretty much had my undivided attention. I was on an airplane. I wasn't going anywhere. I wanted to love that movie, but I really had a... Rosario Dawson is quite attractive, but uh, she, that was that was almost distracting. <laughs> maybe if maybe if he had cast someone less attractive. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a hard time following it, but... Uh, the important thing to remember is uh, this hypnosis, it can be dangerous. You know, you don't want to, if you're a, if you're an art thief, uh, you want to really choose your hypnotist carefully. And if you fall in love with a, I feel like the real problem was she was an unscrupulous hypnotist. And I don't know where you go on the internet to check the scruples of your hypnotists, but uh, that is something that we need to really kind of get established. Look, if you want to check people's scruples, on the internet, that seems to be a real problem. I don't. I don't even think that people really care about their scruples anymore, or or, or people care about what is scrupulous. I've kind of been outraged about how much spying and snooping is going on amongst the gov- between the government and the population. But other people don't seem to be that excited about it. They they just seem to think, oh, the government—they're scrupulous. They've got their scruples. They wouldn't they wouldn't be spying on people who weren't terrorists. And I don't mind them spying on me because they're trying to catch terrorists. But then you know, then then when someone does mind them spying, then did you? I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the guy who worked with Snowden, Sn- <laughs> Glenn Greenwald, the guy who reported the uh, Snowden stuff about the NSA. They just detained his boyfriend when he was trying to go through customs at Heathrow Airport to on a on a terrorist weird thing. They kept him nine hours and talked to him and that just seems like they're trying to freak him out. There's somebody is unscrupulous is what I'm trying to say is uh, 
there's not enough attention paid to scruples out there. And I've said scruples so many times now that I don't even know what it means. In fact, it's almost starting to sound naughty, like it's uh, like it's some kind of it's a sex organ that we all have. Your scruples. <laughs> And you can uh, scruples are sexy. Let's try. Let's get that going. Maybe we could get that started. That scruples are sexy, and then maybe people would try and have them a little bit more instead of. I think people have just lost their scruples. Kind of like they just had them removed. They just like your appendix. Like, what do I need those for? But uh, in fact, I think a little bit of scruples goes a long way. And uh, so. I watched the Danny Boyle movie. What else did I watch? I watched another movie. Oh, I watched Mud with Matthew McConaughey. Because we because we were upgraded to first class, my wife and daughter and I. I yep, I was the kid, the guy with the kid in first class. But my daughter was pretty quiet. She didn't cause any trouble up there. And she watched, I don't know what she watched on her little, they gave you these little, they're not iPads, they're Samsung Galaxy something or others. And they've got, they're full of movies. And I think my daughter watched Mulan while I was watching Mud with Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Um, and uh, I suppose I liked it. That Matthew McConaughey, I have to say that I uh, underestimated him. And I've now I feel like I've got my estimate of him uh, pretty exactly right on. He was it was I enjoyed that movie more than I more than I thought I would enjoy it. And you're probably asking yourself why when you have a whole thing that's not an iPad full of movies that's made by Samsung, why would you choose a movie that you didn't think that you were going to enjoy all the way? And I would say to you, look, when you look through those movies and you see what the choices are, you can either watch things that you've seen already or things that you know that you're not going to like or things that are too artsy, thinky, brain involvey to watch on an airplane where you're just like, I don't want to get into that. I don't know. I'm going to be, look, I'm flying through the air at five, 600 miles an hour, you know, 40,000 feet above the ground. I don't need to, at the same time, be trying to figure some shit out. I, I need to, I need people to tell me things that are easy to understand. Like, do you want the ravioli with cheese in it or would you like the steak. And when they say steak on an airplane, they do mean steak. I mean, it was a steak. It was a steak at some point. I don't know if it was a steak before they, it was a steak. And then they put it in this metal can and then they put that on an airplane and then they cooked it until it forgot that it was a steak. But you can, they say steak and you think steak and then you order the steak. And then once you're halfway through eating it, you think, boy, I wonder what that ravioli was like. Um, so that happened, you know, things happen on the airplane. Anyway, if you if you want to see mud, if you want to see a movie about a, a lovesick kind of hillbilly outlaw, and if you're curious what Sam Shepard looks like, he's in it too. So you get to, you get to take a look at him. Who's Sam Shepard? Young people want to know. I can't explain that to you, but he was he, <coughs> oh he uh, I think Jessica Lang. That's who he's married to, and she was a hot lady. A while ago. Now, now, now I guess she's a hot old lady. To me, to other people, she's just an old lady. <sighs> That's how it works. You get older, and the hot ladies of your youth turn into old ladies. They're still hot to you, but you got to explain it to other people on your podcast. If there is still going to be a podcast when, when you grow up. I'm assuming this is all grown-ups who are listening to this. If you're on the treadmill, crank it up. You know what? I'm going to go get myself some water, and I'll be back in just a short little while with some more talking.
Okay, well, it's been a little longer for me than it has been for you. Uh, hours. It's been hours. I, I had some water. I had some water. And then I did a little, uh, you wouldn't call it babysitting when you've got a kid who's nine, but I did a little uh, kid, kid tending. And uh, now I'm back. Also, I went over to visit uh, Nigel, and I asked him, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? And you know what he said to me? He said, I, can't, I don't think I should be on the podcast this week because I'm in between periods of having my work papers right. And I don't want to be, I don't want to confuse the issue or muddy the waters or fog, fog the perception of the authorities because uh, he's just getting reauthorized. Uh, to be working here in the States. As you know, Nigel is Canadian, and he's going back to Canada, Canada, uh, I think tomorrow. So this is the last chance to talk to him in person. It turns out last week was the last chance to talk to him in person, which I was out of town, so the week before that. When I say last week, I mean the last time that I talked to Nigel. That was it. That was the last time until the next time. But he will be available on the Internet. And uh, that's not confusing, because even you'll be able to hear him, but he'll be in Canada, Canada, Canada. Uh, with Matthew McGonaghy. Uh, anyway, what can I tell you? I've got some facts. I got some facts here. Oh, can you, a number of years in prison, a Texas man was sentenced for stealing a $35 rack of pork ribs. This was in May. A Texas man was sentenced in May to prison for stealing a $35 rack of pork ribs. And that's 50 years. They take their barbecue pretty seriously. Down in Texas, if you've ever been there, you know that. I mean, it's pretty good barbecue, but uh, let, I think 50 years is a little bit extreme to to lock a guy in the slammer for going after some barbecue. I did just eat that terrible beef on the plane. So I can understand how you might have an urge to swipe some meat if you saw something delicious out there. But, uh, you know, we don't know the rest of this story. We just know... Texas, they're hardcore down there. I mean, that's all I can say. I, I've had a great time in Texas, and you know, but uh, it's hot, and there's there's some extreme. They're they're strict. They can be strict in Texas with their anti-immigration. They're strict and cranky about that. You look at their politicians out of Texas. Those guys, they're cranky. They're loaded up. They're pissed off, and they want to blame somebody for something. And who doesn't really want to blame somebody for something when you think about it that way? I mean, it would be great if we could figure out whose fault everything is, and then we could blame that person, not just blame them either. First, we would blame them. We would, we would point our finger at them, and we would say, look, this is the person who caused this mess, and they are responsible. And then what we would do is we would hold them responsible. We would fine them. I suppose we would try and collect money for him. You know, that's what I like to do about this whole economic explosion of the banking stock market with that told 2008. I still haven't dug my way out of that. I don't know about you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners. Are you, are you there? Is this on? Um, are you cranking it up? Are you exercising? This is pretty serious talk for exercise. You probably have had to stop exercising. Maybe you're even mad. Maybe you think, like Jake, who are you to talk about the economic problems? And I would say I'm just a person with a microphone who's trying to do his best to fill up the internet. <laughs> it's so big, the internet. I mean, how are we ever going to fill it up? Do you ever ask yourself that? Well, it's going to take some talking, and I'm just the guy to do it. I'm the guy 
you can blame for trying to fill up the Internet. I don't know why you're not doing your part. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're taking pictures and you're tweeting and you're updating your status as much as you can. And so that's what I'm doing, too. Anyway, if we could find out who's responsible for that uh, financial crisis, I would love to find some of those guys. Where's the money? Where did they? Where's the money? When you, when you go like Bernie Madoff, hey, where's the money, Bernie? He spent it. He spent it. Now we got to lock him up. We can't get the money back from him. He didn't just put it in a sock and look at it like, I got all this money from these people. He spent it. Let that be a lesson to you, ladies and gentlemen. You know, of course you want to save money for a rainy day. I'm not talking about blowing your kid's college fund or your retirement money on a night at the casino. I'm just talking about enjoying your life. Make sure that you have a nice pair of shoes and, uh, you know, update your electronics every now and then. Now, I'm one to talk about that because I got a TV that I bought in... I think I bought the TV that I'm watching in my living room. It's one of the biggest uh, cathode ray tubes, CRT. That's uh, the abbreviation for cathode ray tube. And it's, so it's a tube TV, but it's uh, like, you know, 36 inches. It's big. It's as big as a fireplace, this, t- this TV. Literally, it goes back that deep, too. It's not one, of those, not one of those flat. You couldn't hang it on the wall. It takes two guys just to lift it up. I can't. I, I put it in a box on a shelf with a track so it can slide in and out and turn. But anyway, I bought that TV in 1989 after I did a pilot for NBC, and the tax man took so... I thought I was rich. Of course, that's what you think when you're in your 20s. You think, oh, I just got this pilot. I'm rich. I got paid more for the pilot than I made in the last three years prior to that doing comedy combined. And I thought, I'm rich. And then uh, they took out the taxes, and I had to, you know, you got to pay your manager and agent commissions and all whatnot. And by the time... All there was, there was enough left to buy this giant TV, uh, which costs about what a giant TV costs now, except the giant TV you can buy now is as big as a bed. You know, but uh, the giant TV I got is not as big as a bed. Like I said, it's as big as a fireplace. And I may turn it into a fireplace someday. But right now, it still works great. I can't bring myself to buy one of those new TVs. I tried, speaking of updating your electronics, I tried to buy one of those uh, Apple TVs. This would be a few years ago because what I wanted to do was be able to uh, suck my Netflix out of the Internet and uh, throw it up on my TV. That's what I thought I was going to be doing. But uh, the little uh, the hole that you plug the wire in in the back of the Apple TV uh, was, you know, the wire. Then I didn't have a hole that shape in the back of my uh, TV that I got now. The holes in the back of my TV are pretty outdated. It can't mate with a lot of today's modern electronics. And so um, I gotta, I'm going to have to have some steampunk helper come over <laughs> if I ever want to watch Netflix on my giant TV. I think probably what's more, he's going to tell me the same thing they all tell me. He's like, why don't you just get a new TV? And and you know what the answer to that is? Hey, maybe I don't need a new TV. Maybe this TV works great. How, how, look, I'm trying to fill up the internet. I'm not trying to fill up the landfill with TVs that work perfectly good. I'm trying to fill up the internet with nonsense and talking and (laughs) pictures of my pets. But I I don't need to fill up the landfill of earth. I don't need to be go mining precious earth metals in China, hiring Chinese children who I've never met to go dig those up to make me another TV. I got a TV that works. Why don't you go out and get me a wire so I can hook it up to the other thing that I want to buy, which I had to then sell that. I bought an Apple TV because I wanted to watch it on my Netflix, on my TV TV. But I couldn't, the wire wouldn't hook up, and so I had to sell the Apple TV at a loss on eBay. But at least it didn't go into a landfill. Somebody hooked it up to their TV. So what's the next step? (sighs) I don't know. I'm probably going to have to buy a second TV for my 
boudoir, which is a fancy French way of saying bedroom. And I'm going to hook that up to. Uh, well, it's you can get those now. You don't need a you don't need a an Apple product. You can you got a TV that can go out and psychically connect with your internet. So I could watch that in my bedroom. I could psychically link my TV up with my internet, and I could be watching Netflix right in my bedroom. Won't my wife be surprised? What are you doing? She'll say, and I'll say I'm psychically connected to the internet. Would you like to <laughs> watch my special on Netflix? And she'll say, Well, don't we have about uh, 300 DVDs of that in the uh, crawl space, and I would say, well, yeah, we do, but uh, this is this is a new way to do it. Um, all right, so <laughs> that was, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the hallmarks of the Jake This podcast are the tangents that we go on, and tangents are like a little free vacation of talking that you can just pull off. It's like a little roadside attraction of conversation. You pull off the road, have yourself a little tangent. I mean, it's all tangents from here on out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the factor by which the average white U.S. family was wealthier than the average non-white U.S. family before the recession, which I, I think I just mentioned, is four. We, the, the, the average white U.S. family was four times wealthier than the average non-white U.S. family before the recession. You know how much richer they are now? Six. The average white family is six times richer than the average non-white family. And uh, I can tell you non-white families, speaking for the white family, that that is, that is not my case. I did not get any richer. I am exactly, in fact, I'm less rich than I was before the recession, which means that uh, non-white people have really taken it in the shorts. I mean, if I think I'm going to get started complaining, these non-white families, they're, they are really getting hit hard. And I feel bad about, I feel bad. Well, it's not my fault, I don't think. I mean, probably, of course, it probably is my fault. But if it's being caused by TVs being put in the landfill, I'm doing my part. Um, man, you sort of sometimes can just you want to you want to feel as a white person lucky. You know, you want to say, well, boy, it's lucky. I want, I'm really going to try and enjoy the fact that I just got handed this skin. But then part of part of you feels like, Jesus, what? I didn't ask for this. Why would I would like us to all be on a level playing field? But it's obvious to me that we're not from reading this. I mean, well, I I realized we were not on a level playing field long before this, but um, holy cow, that's uh, hmm, this recession kind of makes you wonder if maybe the the powers that be, and I'm not talking about governments, of course, the powers that be are governments, but that's that's who's just the front, that's who's the face, to who's working the puppet is these uh, giant corporations. That's what I got a feeling. That's what I think is going on. Not to get all super paranoid. But uh, I'll show them. I'm not buying a new TV, <laughs> giant corporations. I'm going to keep my same TV. Take that, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, the net amount contributed to Medicare by immigrants between 2002 and 2009. How much money was contributed to Medicare by immigrants? Now, these are not just illegal immigrants. I think these are illegal and legal immigrants alike. Com contributed to Medicare between 2002 and 2009. It's $115 billion. That's how much immigrants contributed to Medicare. How much was drawn out by native-born citizens over the same period of time? These are non-immigrants. Native-born citizens was $28 billion. So uh, they paid in a whole lot more than uh, we drew out. Not that I like to think about the world in terms of us and them, but, I mean, I am a native-born citizen. And, again, that's not something that I earned it just happened to me my mom just happened to have her 
I, I just so wanted to say the name of my mom's body part that I came out of, but I didn't. I didn't. That's the kind of restraint that I'm using, even though I'm trying to fill up the Internet. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to fill it up with, uh, I don't mind saying that word, but not when I'm talking about my mom. Anyway, uh, native-born native born citizen, that's me. You know, you got to respect the non-native-born citizens a little bit, being as uh, they they came here of choice. They we You know, we just got born here but uh, they they came here they picked out they they got boy they fell out of somebody's vagina somewhere else see i knew i'd figure out a way to say that they they fell out of somebody's vagina somewhere else and they decided no this is where i want to be i'd like to go over there to the united states and of course if you if you're a native born united states person you probably think well of course they did because it's so awesome here and it is i guess it is awesome and that is evidence that it is awesome but you kind of got to respect that they showed up it's not it's not because you're treating them great i can tell you that um they're they're taking in the shorts with their um factor by which uh they're not doing as good as uh white u.s families anyway oh boy <sighs> the average amount of water valid uh, Water Valley, Mississippi Hospital bills Medicare for treatment of pneumonia with no complications. What's it cost to get treated for pneumonia in Water Valley, Mississippi? $4,552. Well, that seems like a lot, doesn't it? If you live in Water Valley, Mississippi. But if you go to Philadelphia, that same pneumonia care is going to cost you $79,007. Those Philadelphians, it's not cheap to get pneumonia in Philadelphia. If you're planning a, if you're planning a little bout with pneumonia... Get yourself down to Mississippi. Their prices are super reasonable down there, and they got a lot of nice people and some delicious food. You know, you can. Mississippi is not really at the forefront of a lot of stuff, but it's a good place. Good place to get pneumonia. Sounds like. Oh. What about New Zealand? Number of times New Zealand's registrar of births, deaths, and marriages has rejected a baby name since 2001. They've rejected 311 baby names since 2001. That doesn't seem like that many. I don't know what, they doesn't tell you here what names they've rejected. Um, well, it's how many times is it, has it rejected the name Justice 62? So 300, 311, 62 of those people were trying to name their kid Justice. I, they're having trouble in New Zealand getting the word out that you're not allowed to name your kid Justice. Um, and why not? I don't know. I don't know why you can't name your kid Justice. Uh Dave Justice, that's a baseball player, <laughs> but that's his last name. Uh, you can't name him. You try naming him Justice Justice in New Zealand, and you're going to be <laughs> get your hat in your hand and start getting apologizing and begging, but it's not going to happen. They don't, they don't allow that. Well, it doesn't say that they never allow. It just says 62 times uh, since 2001 they've turned that one down. A portion of people killed by Australian police since 1989 who were mentally ill. What's the portion of People killed by the Australian police since 1989 that were mentally ill, do you think? How many of all the people the police killed, how many of those people were mentally ill since 1989? It's half, ladies and gentlemen. Half of the people that the police in Australia have killed since 1989 were mentally ill. Now, what does that tell you? I, 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 it's hard to even figure it out. It's hard to break that down. But uh, I just don't think we ought to be shooting mentally ill people or, or unless they're a threat to unless we feel like they're threatening our lives. And 
if that's the case, then how did they get the weapons to threaten us with? Uh, you know, maybe they're having trouble identifying their mentally ill people down there in Australia. Shout out to my Australian friends. I did enjoy myself down there. And uh, I feel safe because I put myself in the non-mentally ill category. Although uh, that, may not, that, that may not be actually accurate. I could, I suppose I do have a mental illness. You know, look, I battle with depression and anxiety the same as, uh, the same as a lot of people, you know. Look, don't, don't think you're alone. We all cry ourselves to sleep every once in a while wondering what we've done and how are we going to unravel this mess of our lives. And the answer is you're not going to unravel it. You're not. I mean, at least I'm not. I'm, I'm too old to unravel anything at this point. I'm just doing my best to, to ravel it. I want to just keep raveling it. I'm just going to keep raveling it from here on out. But you got to try and got to try and cut yourself some slack from time to time because it is hard to be a person. I can tell you that. And uh, it's if you're having trouble being a person, you don't want to take a vacation to Australia because uh, they will shoot you. <laughs> Half of the people they shoot down there are uh, mentally ill. The police. Well, that's how many they kill. It doesn't say how they. Actually, I just made that up about shooting. They may not. Uh, I don't know how the police are killing these people. Maybe they're knocking them in the head with a stomp, like Amos Moses, down in the swamp. There's a reference for you. Go look it up. Cherry Reed. You got enough now. Um, oh boy. I'm gonna get some more water and see what my wife is doing. I'll be back in a minute. Well, it turns out my wife is a little bit busy. She can't come on the podcast right now because uh, she's going through our daughter's room with our daughter to try and figure out things that can be thrown away. We're not thrown away. Like I said, we're not trying to fill up the landfill. Um, given away, given away, passed on to bequeathed to other children because I don't know if you have a kid, but they accumulate a lot of stuff, a lot more stuff than I accumulated when I was a kid. Not that I had it bad when I was a kid, but... Uh, Man, my daughter's got a lot of shit. They just keep getting more stuff, more dolls and toys and little knickknacks and doodads. And, you know, you, I admit it, I'm weak. You know, you get it, you see something for $5, she wants it, you get it to, you give her a little present when you're traveling. She likes to get a souvenir. Who doesn't want to get a little souvenir? She bought a rock. She bought a blue rock at a store while we were on this last trip. Because uh, she has pocket money now, and uh, we're trying to stimulate the economy. And so we gave her some money, and she spent it on a blue rock. Now, she's only nine, so we're trying to teach her, you know, how to keep track of her money. But, uh, boy, you're buying blue rocks. You know, you're asking for trouble. Later in life, that's going to come out, come back to haunt. She's, she would probably love it if we bought a new giant TV at Costco, but... Uh, she wants a TV for her bedroom, of course, but she's going to have to make some room in there. It's all full of all kind of other stuff, and she doesn't like to get in, get rid of any of it. So uh, she was just asking me if she could come on the podcast because my wife couldn't come on. But I said, uh, you know, you don't need to be having children. I've already been cursing on here. I can't be having my daughter come on to a place where there's cursing. I, I, she wants to find us all 50 cents every time we curse. Can you believe that? That's just President Obama is out of hand. Wait, that's my daughter. He doesn't. She. He doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, well, I hope I'll get to. Maybe I'll get to see the president this trip to uh, Washington D.C. coming up, at the end of the month. That would be. That would be exciting. I don't think I have ever seen 
this this president in person. That would be exciting. Of course, you can't just walk out in front of the White House lawn and and see uh, the president. Oh my God! Speaking of the president, we watched a movie about the president with uh, it was uh, who was it? Oh my God! I can't even remember now. But it was terrible. It was like. Um, it was like, uh, oh, my God. Now I've lost myself. Forget I even brought it up. We watched a terrible movie about the president, and uh, Aaron Eckhart was in it. I think that's he played the president. And then um, as people were coming to try, you know, behind enemy lines. Someone's got to get in there and save the president. And terror, Korean terrorists have taken over the White House. And it was so – it was over the top. Ladies and gentlemen, and not in a great way. You couldn't believe they made it. You couldn't believe they spent all that money and made it. That was part of watching it. it was like, holy cow! How did they make the? And I never even realized it was happening. Um, how did they do that? I'm going to look that up. Just one second. Olympus has fallen, ladies and gentlemen. That's the name of it. Aaron Eckhart and Gerard Butler is the name of the you know the f- former Secret Service. I mean, right in the beginning. The president has a car accident, and his poor wife, Ashley Judd, just falls off a bridge into a freezing river. It's it's kind of Gerard Butler's. It's not really his fault, but he happens to be there, and so he gets canned off of the off of the president's security detail. But he winds up he winds up saving the day. I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, the, same, the same guy who got us out of that jam in 300 takes care of business and helps out the president. Those historically are so far apart, and they happened in a weird order because the ancient Greece thing happened. Well, no, I guess that's right. That would happen first, and then afterwards he would help out the president of the United States. So it makes perfect sense, but uh, he didn't – He well, he's aged very well, Gerard Butler. Um, but that movie is so over-the-top insane – that uh, I almost recommend you see it just, just because you kind of you can't believe what you're watching that like no this this everybody just signed off on this they all said okay I mean I can understand why Aaron Eckhart and Gerard Butler would do it I mean I I fancy myself an actor I fancy I fantasize that I'm an actor so I've acted in a few things I've been good in some things and I've been bad in some things but I haven't really been offered these type of opportunities to star in these big giant Hollywood blockbusters but I can certainly see why they would want to do it hey do you want to pretend you're the president hell yes I do I mean do you mean for money right because i do that all the time pretend i'm the president i'm walking around my house signing stuff and passing laws mostly when my wife and daughter are at the grocery store but i pretend i'm the president quite a bit at home i don't know if you do that but i i do that pretend i'm the king of the house or the president of the united states sure i've indulged in that but would i like to do it for money on film so that everybody can see well, now that you put it that way, I don't know. But if we, if the money's right, sure, I'll pretend I'm the president. Pretend I'm a Secret Service guy, super, super power, kind of American Bond, just hardcore. It's almost like Die Hard in the White House. If you're Gerard Butler, you get to pretend you're Bruce Willis, but in a different movie, uh, being Die Hard. I don't want to call anybody out, but there are a lot of similarities <laughs> to the Die Hard plot in this movie. And Gerard Butler did a, did a great job. It's like everybody's kind of like, really, this is the script that we're shooting? And, the, you know, but uh, you can't believe it. Anyway, you can check it out. Check it out if you want to. Oh, Morgan Freeman's in it. He's doing his best. He's good in everything, Morgan Freeman. You can you can give you could put him in a terrible movie, and he still makes it look like okay. I believe it. I believe that part of it happened. Um, 
So there we are. You can't. I can't really. These uh, there's there a couple of coincidences, and anyway, you can't pick it apart. Who am I? Who am I? Am I a movie critic? I've already talked about way too many movies in this show. What am, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. You go see what movies you like. I'm just telling you the ones what I thought of a couple that I went to see, and I hope I didn't spoil any of them for you. Ah, it's too bad Matthew McConaughey wasn't in that. Olympus has fallen. Um, Channing Tatum, that's who I thought was in it, but he, of course, he wasn't in it. But that's because I was trying to figure out that stripper movie that he did, the male stripper movie that's, uh, that also had not Matthew McConaughey, but Woody, uh, Woody Harrelson. It's supposed to be good, but you can't watch that on Netflix, not right now. Even if you got your thing that hooks up to your TV, you can't watch that movie. I tried to figure out how to watch. Somebody told me, a friend of mine told me it was good, a friend that I've known for a long time. And then the more that I kind of read it, reviews of it on the Internet, I thought, well, maybe my original instinct about this is right and that I don't need to see it because I am a man, a heterosexual man, you know, and so I don't really need to see Channing Tatum and Woody Harrelson in their, you know, tidy banana hammock underpants and cowboy hats. Ridiculous. I think cowboy hats, you know, unless you are riding a horse, that cowboy hat is, uh, I'm pretty quick to say, are you a real cowboy or you just, you just got a hat? Um, anyway. I don't want to. I don't want to get anybody depressed. Oh boy! Oh, oh, more! Oh, oh! I don't want to get anybody depressed. But what are the statistics I got coming up? I don't know. Am I going to read these right now? No. I think I'm going to skip to the back because there's some animal stuff in here that I wanted to talk about. Some things that I read that I just kind of could not believe. Well, this isn't about animals just yet. Sleep-deprived Arkansas men overestimate women's interest in casual sex. So I guess they did this study in Arkansas, but it probably applies to all men. Sleep-deprived men overestimate women's interest in casual sex. That's just, that's a little tidbit of something that some scientist found out. He probably wasn't trying to figure that out, but he probably just did figure it out. He probably, or maybe it was a she. She was researching sleep-deprived men, and they kept coming on to her because they thought she was into it. So anyway, that's a good thing, ladies. When you see a man who's coming on to you and you want to you know, explain to him that you're not interested, maybe just say, why don't you take a nap and see if you still think I feel like I'm attracted to you because I'm not attracted to you and I think what you are is tired. You're not just horny. You're tired. You need to take a nap and then see how you feel. Marriages that begin in online virtual worlds are happier than all those that begin in real life with the exception of spouses who grew up together. Hmm. Marriages that begin in online virtual worlds are happier than those that begin in real life. How, how would you explain that? I guess they would have people could be, you know, probably because people got to know each other before they started having sex. And then they did. So they, they decided maybe they didn't want to keep having a relationship because they got to know each other. Once you start having sex, that changes everything. But spouses who grew up together, they probably also thought about it a little bit before they started having sex. Maybe they just jumped right into it. I don't know. But you should know someone. That's my opinion. Not that I want to sound like an old, old man. I don't know Jessica Lang that, that well, but uh, she seems beautiful to me. I've already got a wife. I can't get involved with her. But uh, once you start having sex with somebody, that just changes everything. That's, that's how I feel like that works. And so you want to be pretty sure while you're clear-headed that this is somebody that you can get along with because ultimately as, as, as great of an idea as, as sex is, and it is great. It, feel, it feels great. It's a happy, fun thing. It's free of charge for the most Well, I mean, come on. Let's face it. We all know that uh, eventually if you start having sex with somebody, there's money, the money's going to flow. But uh, 
but it's a it's a pretty great thing that we can do for free. But if you get involved with it with somebody that then it turns out that you don't really like that much on other levels, and then you got to get divorced later, then that's that's trouble. And so people, well, so people who start their their marriage uh, in an online virtual world, they both are already into some kooky thing. So they have a common interest. They have a common interest, and they also, because you're in a virtual world, you can't have real sex with someone, so you have to kind of get to know them a little bit first. Maybe that's, I don't know, I really sound like not even my dad. My dad never had that talk with me, but I'm having it with you, ladies and gentlemen. You're all grown-ups. You know about sex, and you know how you probably, either you agree with me or you don't, or just mad. Now you're mad, because he just keeps talking, and I never get a chance to talk. Well, that's the way the podcast works, ladies. I could, let me just... I'm going to take a drink of water and you talk for a second. Get it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. I see what you're saying. There. I hope you feel better. I try to give you a little chance to talk. Of course, I can't hear you like you can hear me. But uh, you got to get your own podcast started. Shoot me a tweet about it. <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll, I'll check one episode out. I'll check an episode out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Jake This. I'm also on Facebook. Somebody sent me a message about... They sent me a message on Twitter that the tweets that automatically posted to Facebook looked weird and kind of were a mess. And so I have, this week, unhooked my Facebook and my Twitter. So... My Twitter goes to Twitter. My Facebooks go to Facebook. I have a way that I can simultaneously do them all. But if I'm answering someone on Twitter from now on, you don't see that on Facebook. And the people, the mostly I answer people, if you would like to be answered by me, if you just want to answer me, you can do that anywhere. But if you want me to see it, uh, Twitter is the best place. So I'm at Jake this. I don't think, I don't feel like I should have to say at, just like I don't think I should have to say www.http backslash jakethis.com I should I don't have to say that I can just say jakethis.com and on Twitter I could just say on Twitter I'm Jake This but you put that I gotta put the ad in front of it or I won't see it but if you do that I'll see it there's not enough people I'm not uh, I don't have enough people following me that I would I can afford to miss or ignore anyone but on you know Facebook it's a little too busy there's a little too much going on on Facebook for me to keep track of it all and, and understand all the messages back and that's probably on me I'm gonna be making a little bit more of an effort but I can't make any uh, promises on that. Anyway, uh, I'm doing a lot of talking here, and I do know that that can be tough if you're out there and you've got opinions about about when in a relationship you should start having sex. Um, but let's why don't we all figure out a virtual world we could meet up in? This is sort of a virtual world, the virtual world of my podcast. I, wouldn't that be sad if my website had its own little virtual world and it was just me sitting in there and then you show up and just be two or three of us in there talking about silly th- I think ultimately it could be sad. So let's let's meet up in the real world at the comedy club. I already told you where to where to go to do that. But that's that's if we can have a conversation then. I'll meet you in the real world at the comedy club. I told you where I go. Many of you have already obviously you probably have already seen a show. So you know how that works up and we we can talk about sex and um, mental illness and whatever else comes to mind. On No Name Road in Big Pine Key, Florida, police were moved from the head of a key deer, a bag of Doritos, Dynamita, Chili, Lyman, rolled flavored tortilla chips. So, <laughs> the poor deer had got his head stuck in a bag of Doritos. He was. He said, "Boy, these those smell good." And who who could blame him? Deer don't have that kind of a thing. Like if you or I saw a big bag 
of Doritos with a few in it lying on the side of the road, you wouldn't pick it up and stick your face in there and start eating them. See, the deers don't have hands, but you wouldn't put your hand in there and start eating them either because um, you just don't. Your mama brought you up better than that. You just don't eat Doritos that you find lying on the side of the road, do you? Well, if you're a deer, you do because they sure do smell good. Probably sure do taste good if you're a deer, too. Deer will just eat a a block of salt. Let's not forget about that. Doritos before you go hiring deer to be your new um, spokesperson. Here's a test of, hey, deer love these chips. Well, no kidding. A deer would just lick a block of salt. So uh, that's not big news, really, to me. Uh, But maybe the Dorito people ought to be making those bags a little bigger so that they don't get stuck on the deer's heads. I'm surprised this deer couldn't get his head out of a bag of Doritos. Aren't you? A little bit? I mean... That's what's what happened to survival of the fittest. You get your head caught in a bag of Doritos, that's it's kind of game over. You know what I mean? I think we've all been to junior high. That kid doesn't last long. <laughs> kid, who, kid who has to get you to lead him back to the classroom because he's got his head cut, caught in a bag of Doritos. Boy, you're going to make fun of that kid. You know what that kid's doing now? <laughs> he's got his own hedge fund. <laughs> Police dogs in Washington State were receiving marijuana desensitization desensitization training police dog i'm sorry i you heard me but i'm going to read it again police dogs in washington state were receiving marijuana desensitization training and that's because there is so much pot in washington state that they got to they got to desensitize the police dogs or they just go wild chasing the pot all the time when really it's the police dogs are actually doing police work they need them to chase criminals not just chasing pot so they got to go here's the pot this is what it smells like okay dogs let's get over it let's move on from that and uh let's let's get started chasing criminals i you probably got to desensitize those dogs against the doritos dynamite chili lime and rolled flavored tortilla chips too because dogs i bet they love those i mean a dog (laughs) well it's no secret dogs will probably eat just about anything if they see you eating it They'll eat it. I'm not bad-mouthing dogs. I'm just saying, you know, they're they're not, you know, dogs are never going to have some kind of cooking show. (laughs) Dogs just eat the ingredients before you even make the food. Yeah, the dog cooking show. Well, today our recipe has got eggs and butter and and I'm going to, it's gone. Oh, anyway, we'll be right back. I got to buy some more groceries. Beaumont, Texas produces the saddest tweets. I don't know if you ever wondered that. I don't. I never wondered that. I don't even know how you know that that's true. But uh, Beaumont, Texas, again, Texas, doesn't seem like it's a hot place with some sad tweets. Beaumont, Texas. I'm going to look that up on the map when the show's over. Six percent of Americans find backseat drivers to be most annoying when they sing. I don't know. How do you? That's not backseat driving. That's just annoying backseat behavior, wouldn't you say? If they're singing back, they're not singing backseat driving tips like, you better watch out for that bus. That wasn't even singing. I don't know how that goes, but backseat singing backseat, that's not even a thing. This magazine is starting to make me angry now. Young male burying beetles who are uncertain of their own paternity make the worst bothers. Mm. If you don't know who your dad was, you're probably not going to be very good at being a dad. That's that's just, I guess that's the truth. I don't know. I, I think, I'm sure there's some people out there. Chimpanzees and bonobos throw tantrums after making bad decisions. Who doesn't? I don't like it when I make a bad decision. I don't blame these chimpanzees and bonobos. Um, I think we're only like one smidge of a genetic 
poof different than them anyway, so that doesn't surprise me. Male dark fishing spiders after mating curl up and die. Mm, I know how that feels, but I just usually fall asleep. Penile crush injuries from falling toilet seats continued to rise among toddlers. Boy, you think the bathroom is a safe place, the, stu <laughs> the study's author says. Yeah, well, you can crush your penis with a falling toilet seat. I don't know if you knew that, ladies and gentlemen. And, and obviously, that these are toddlers, so now we're not talking about some giant penises that are getting crushed. We're just saying, like, you've got to watch out for that toilet seat. Hey, Mom, Dad, don't let your toddler in the bathroom working that toilet seat all by himself. Oh, if you've ever crushed your penis in a toilet seat, you know what I'm talking about. It is not a good feeling. I would not wish that on a toddler. I would not wish that on my worst toddler enemy crushing a penis crushing his penis in the toilet seat i don't have a worse toddler enemy i don't think that's me that's not just because i'm a good person it's just because i'm so old now that i just don't have many i don't have many toddler friends either i suppose i do know some toddlers we got some friends who've got some toddlers but i wouldn't consider them that good of friends and certainly none of them are enemies i don't know how i don't know how you could have anything against a toddler like that well you live in an apartment building that neighbor toddler's crying all the time you just want to slam his penis in a toilet seat <sighs> no you don't that's bad i take it back you don't want to do that I, I shouldn't have said that you wanted to do that i don't believe that you do want to do that i, I apologize all right i guess i got one more here feeding pigs saturated fat does not make their bacon more delicious hmm Bacon, I think bacon is a saturated fat, but if you feed pigs saturated fat, it does not make their bacon more delicious. Well, you know what? I think that's something that we can all probably say, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Until I feed a pig some saturated fat and then butcher them down myself and make them into bacon and have a little taste. I don't know if I'm believing that. And I don't know if you should believe that either. you got to keep a skeptical eye towards the media nowadays, and I don't put myself in that category necessarily, although I have told you some facts this week on the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. There is a possibility that my wife still may make a slight appearance here at the end of the show. So let me stop now, see if I can go find her, and I'll be right back. Uh, well, good news, everybody. I've been able to, uh, you know, through my expert uh, booking staff, I've been able to secure as a guest for this part of the podcast, my wife, Belinda. She's here. She stopped by. Yeah, fancy that. I came out into the garden, into the office. I was taking some food scraps to the green bin because here in Santa Monica we're allowed to put all food waste in the green bin. Very fucking exciting for someone like me, an environmentalist. I thought we were allowed to swear on the we're podcast. I could let loose. I don't swear too much, so oh. you, you don't. You want to probably maybe swear slightly less than me, or, or that more. is a sexist, ridiculous comment. I'm from New Zealand. I told the people on the podcast last week. New Zealand you can ladies swear as much as don't you want. care. They don't care. I have been talking about this week how we're not trying to fill up the landfill, but these this uh, you can put food scraps in the yard waste, and then they're going to be composting it. It's going to be deteriorating. It's not going to be just... They're going to be making into methane, people. Methane, that's natural gas. We're going to be powering Santa Monica on our poop and our food scraps. Woohoo! Closed loop. How, how long is it going to be before that starts happening? 
Well, we've already made some methane out of our, um, you know, food scraps from restaurants, so we know that we can do it. Santa Monica wants to go to zero waste. Apparently that's really impossible. You just take your waste to some third world country and you let them burn it, your you know, recyclables. But I, you know, try to remain optimistic. That, well, we're doing our best around here. Yeah, yeah, that being in school and doing an environmental studies degree is going to make some huge difference. Well, the best thing Somebody. you can do with your food scraps is uh, eat them, you know. Yeah, yeah, Jake likes to make them into a shake. <laughs> <laughs> well, not food scraps, not like a leftover piece of a, you know, croissant sandwich or something. Oh, yeah, here's a nice pizza shake. It's got some kale in it. It's got some old sour milk, a bit of pizza. But I'll grind up the uh, broccoli stems and I'll drink those down with some kale juice and You are doing apples. your bit for the planet. You're great. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was either that or get a pig. <laughs> Yeah. The problem with pigs is that eventually people have to eat their pigs. And pigs are so cute, you really like your pig at the end of it. You don't want to have to eat it. So what my sister did in New Zealand was they got um, native sort of wild pigs that do not bond with you. They don't want to go for a walk and snuffle around no, your ankles. No, they're wild. They're yeah, independent. They want to, they want they're to independent. put their, their, their tusks right through your ankle bone. It is. We don't have any, any problem killing the other. Don't but as soon as they, we sort of relate to them. tusks, but anyway. I think they are called tusks. Yeah. What else would you oh, call yeah. them? Pigs thingies? <laughs> yeah, pigs thingies. You know. You mean they're big teeth? Yeah, your thingamajigs. They're big tooth horn? Yeah, yeah. Those it? are teeth. Those are actually your teeth, yeah. those things. As we're they are on an tusks. elephant, we're killing elephants for their teeth. We're not. No, we're not, not. But other people are. Stop doing it, people. Stop buying ivory. Yes, please. If I haven't if I haven't reached out to you, my podcast listeners who are also elephant <laughs> poachers, cut it out. If yeah. you wouldn't mind, I'd really appreciate it. Everybody else crank it up on the treadmill, but please, elephant poachers, stop it. Yeah. Seriously. Well, no, it's not the poachers. It's the people who buy it at the other end because the poachers are just hungry and they need money and they're starving and they see the elephants as a source of money. It's the people who want the ivory trinkets. So I'm talking to you people in China and Vietnam. Stop <laughs> buying ivory yes. trinkets. My, my listeners who are buying ivory trinkets, I'd ask you to, I'd invite you to please cut that out. There's a really intense photograph. If you go on, you go to Google Images and you Google red Chinese car covered with ivory, you will see ivory bling that will make your eyeballs hurt. There is so much ivory on this sports car and it is, oh man. Hang on just a second. To We're going to go take a look at that. Oh, it's terrible. I just could, I saw it. It's like dragons. It's the, it's the car with ivory dragons kind of stuck on it. Yeah, it's a lot of ivory. It looks like it would be seven elephants worth of ivory. And those are elephants that then they just leave to die and then they traumatize the elephant children who have watched their parents be slaughtered and have their tusks, tusks hacked off their faces. It's very, very, very bad. Why don't we talk about something happy? It is bad. I didn't bring this up. You brought it up. No, let's but take now it. now I have finally seen that car. Yeah. It is a tricky. You have to go to Google Images if you want to see it. Yeah, Google Images. And, and, and don't put car. Just red red Chinese car ivory. ivory, not covered. Leave out covered. Yeah, covered didn't work. I, yeah, I had to tell them that. We took that word out. It and I am better. not technically minded at all. So did you tell your happy listeners um, about the fun time that we had as we entered the Boston airport tunnels yesterday as our daughter was having the biggest tanty of her life? She never had tantrums when she was little. I mean, very minor. And now as a tween, a nine-year-old, she had the biggest tanty of her life. Is that tween? Is nine-year-old tween? Yeah, eight. I always feel... Eight. Eight till when they turned teenager. Well, she's totally a tween to me. 
gives me I lip think 11, attitude. 12 gives you lip attitude. She's nine. She's, she's a twin. You. Yeah, she's I've learned better than to give you lip. Yeah, don't do that with me. I mean, with her, though. I mean, yesterday, you are not taking care of me! Mama! Daddy! You are not taking care of me! She so then we see to, some... She wanted to stop. She had to pee, and she wanted us to stop the car on the... In a tunnel. As you're on your way into the Boston airport on the mass turnpike, you come into Boston, and then you're kind of in a chute that just dumps out at the airport. So any other exit, and you're in the city of Boston, caught on one-way streets going the wrong way. But then eventually... When this is when it started to get intense, we're in, we're in the tunnel. We're underground, and she wants us to stop, and there's yeah, she just thinks, no she way to stop. If we were good parents, we would stop in the tunnel and let her pee. So then Jake is trying to reason with her, oh, this is when you'd get arrested as being bad parents, and you'd be taken away from us. I'm like, you can't reason with her. She, she was saying talking. we would be good parents. Yeah, this is a thing that you like to do. When I'm having a conversation <laughs> with, with our daughter as being unreasonable, you like to turn it into an argument between you and I. You can't reason with someone having a <laughs> Don't tantrum. You? Don't you? Yes, I do. It's, that's a perfect opportunity for me to micromanage you. <laughs> Absolutely, listeners. Try it. Try it at home. It goes great. Us, instead of us both trying to deal with our daughter, I'm trying to deal with our daughter, and my wife is trying to give me a parenting lesson. But the thing is, you can't... Listen, this is, she was so out of her, I'm not going to swear, mind. mind. So anyway, what happens is we see a bush, and then Jake goes, you want to be in that bush? And she goes, yeah! So that so was after. So we're at, we're inside. Jake, the I'm talking airport. now. I'm talking. <laughs> well, I'm explaining. You don't need to. I'm yeah, gonna, I do. <laughs> you do not. This is my People turn. Shut up. It's my turn. So then we see a oh bush, and she says, "Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm dealing with." So then Jake says, These then, are my listeners." He says, "Yeah, I know, but they, yeah, they, they, I think they, they, maybe they hate me. Some of them like me." So we stop. <laughs> There's a bush. Let's try not. Let's try not to get you hooked up with one of the listeners. <laughs> oh, oh I'm going to tell you about the granddad who made a pass at me today when I was at the supermarket. Oh, I'd like to hear yeah, that. Yeah, so, so this guy, it wait, was no, so time out, freaky. He asked, he said, he, said, he said, little girl, would you like some candy? I'm like, number one, I'm not little. And number two, that line, matey, is pathetic. If he thought it was a joke. He was no. saying it as a joke. He, told, he, he started to say he was he was old enough to be my father. He was, And then you called me at that moment. But it was so, I was like, I don't know. Do you have much luck with that line on the big island? Is that what you said to him? Go back it's to Hawaii worked. and try that one. No, it hasn't worked. Why did you say Hawaii? He's on his own. That's where he lives. He lives in Hawaii in Topanga. Anyway, back to she wants to be in the bushes. <laughs> well, you found out a lot about him for so. So she gets out of the car. She gets out of the car. She's wearing underpants and a t-shirt. She has no shoes on. She goes into the bush. She doesn't beep care that anyone beeping care that no one can see the people can see her she is so mad at this point she starts peeing it is an enormous pee and then when she finishes the pee which is hilarious because as the pee is coming out of her it's like she's peeing away the tantrum it is just coming right out of that pee she's getting relief she feels good she's starting to like us again i'm her friend i'm her you know person who's going to help her with the pee and then she says then she just sort of pulls her shirt down and doesn't pull her pants up and she's like no i have to wipe my bottom and i'm like Vanilla, there are a million cars going by. Pull up your pants. And then, she, then, we, then we have to get an old napkin out of the car for our kid to use as a piece of toilet paper. I mean, then she's, well, and, she, then, and then she, she pulls up her underpants. On. She just had her underpants on. No, no, she had a shirt on. But she just she didn't pull the unders up. She just pulled the shirt kind of down over her bottom. She did, this is a modest child who's a tween. They're very modest at this age nine. She didn't care who saw her. She was being. She had relief. She was so angry. It was actually great. It was so empowering. She was like, "Yeah, you are half a kiwi. I don't care who sees me peeing in the bushes." Ah! Oh, 
I bet I feel better. Hi. Hi, Mummy. Hi, Daddy. Oh, I love you again. You're so great. Oh, thank you for helping me wipe my bottom. You're fantastic. Thank you, Mummy. Oh, I love you. I love you. Oh, let me have a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about you is you only have to live with one of those other people in the house, and I've got two. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, well, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, you're welcome. I'd like to hear a little bit more about this guy you met at the grocery store before you go. How long did you talk to him? Well, what happened was he was in front of me and he was talking about how tomorrow he was going to be leaving and going back to the island. He's like, I live in Hawaii, I live in Topanga. I said, oh, that's nice, you live in Hawaii, you live in Topanga, lucky you. And that was instantly his intro to try and pick me up. In the grocery line, and then you know, they, but they, do you want some candy, little girl? That was his opening. <laughs> yeah, that was that was his line. Then when I said that, you know, it's like, oh, he, no, he said that to first thing to you, or after I'd said the thing about lucky you that you live in Topanga and in Hawaii. Oh, I see. Then he said to me, "Would you like some candy, little girl?" That was him actually asking me, "Would you like to move to Hawaii and move into my house and be my future ex-wife or you know my life partner?" Yeah, I see. Or, you know, that I kind thought of thing. that's I thought that was the first thing he said to you, and if that would have been the first thing he said to you, I was kind of liking it because it was just so ridiculously like either you laugh at that. Or he's a jerk. You could have laughed at it then, but it was sort of the, at the when he did do the line. And then you've also got the checkout lady listening to you. And she told me, by the way, that I handled myself very well in the situation. I mean, I, you know, I could have, I was pretty nice to him. But it was the funny thing was that you then called. And, then, often, he's, and then he keeps often, on trying to have a conversation with me. And I'm sort of going, no, no, my husband. I'm talking to my husband. I like my husband much well, I, better than you. I'm so glad that you're faithful, A. And also, B., um, I often run some of my behavior by the checkout lady at the grocery store to decide, like, how did I... <laughs> let me let me tell you a little bit about something that happened on the plane with my wife and daughter the other day. <laughs> and you can tell me how you think I fared while you're ringing up my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Wow, I would never do that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't do that. I would never not, do that. But that was what you, but you were no, just... No, you you're, you're, you're weird. Man, I'm a, you're a weirdo. You Who am just, I married to? Checking were, it out with the, the grocery you were, you, you were just saying, after and after he left the grocery store lady, he told me I handled myself very well. It's like, who gives a shit with the grocery she store She was lady standing things. right there, so she listened to the whole thing. I, I mean, know, it was but so, that's, she's he not was the trying, barometer of behaviors. That's my point. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't know that. But, oh, wow. Thank you for pointing that out, Jerry. Yeah. The mean, the mean, the... <laughs> don't, no. don't do your silly voice. No, I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so politically incorrect, so I'm not going to do my naughty mm-hmm. voice. I'm going to leave now before I do my politically incorrect... Okay. Um, well, my wife is off. What are you going to go do? Put the put the kids to bed? No, I'm running outside to do a pee in the bushes, silly. <laughs> <laughs> You, thanks for helping me. Thanks for helping me with my podcast. Hey, I need to wipe my bottom. Come and help me. (laughs) Oh, I've got to go help my wife wipe her bottom. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know how to do it. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) she wants me to tell you that she knows how to do it. That's great. Oh, wasn't that nice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And uh, the estimated number of uh, fingers lost to table saws annually? Want to take a shot at it? (laughs) Estimated number of fingers lost to table saws annually. It's 4,000, ladies and gentlemen. So if you had less than that, um, 
you think again. And if you had more than that, you're living in a world that's a little bit nicer than you thought. And also be careful with your table saws out there. Chance that a U.S. youth considered a risk for suicide lives in a home with a gun. One in five. That's 20%. Uh, youth, youth at risk for suicide lives in a house with a gun. So those guns make it more dangerous. Percentage of young people attempting suicide without a gun who die from the attempt. One in ten. So only 10% of young people attempting suicide without a gun die from that attempt. Only 10%. Those attempting suicide with a gun, 90%. So um, guns are dangerous if you're trying to kill yourself. You can really... You can really get just get in over your head, so to speak. Anyway, be careful with your guns out there this week. And uh, also, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. That's really, that's really what I'm trying to say. If you're thinking about suicide, don't. How's that? I'm just trying to help. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, thank you for listening. And I hope that you will continue to listen again in the future. To the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. I love you. Bye bye.